<clears throat> During a congregational meeting, uh, Marcus Hubbard told a story from his youth. Where is he? He's usually so bit over back there. You moved. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> he told us a story, uh, and he gave me permission to share it uh, again with you all. He said that uh, a pastor of the church where he went uh, felt called to go somewhere else. Uh, and when he shared this, the pastor, uh, with the congregation, one of the leader's wives stood up. She took the resignation letter from his hand. She tore it up. And she said, you're not going anywhere. And the pastor agreed to stay. He agreed to this. And Marcus said that after this event, the Ruach, the Spirit, totally went out from the body of the church as if the presence of the Lord was gone. He said that even though this happened when Marcus was a child, it stayed with him until today. Now, much as we might want to hold on to Rabbi David Rudolph, our treasure, like, I don't know, maybe hold on to his ankles so we can't go anywhere, this is not the godly option. So what shall we do? When the leader of a congregation is called by Hashem, to serve the Messianic Jewish community somewhere else. This is a time to turn to the Lord for help, to seek his face, and to allow him to speak into our hearts. So today, I want to talk about trusting God through transition. And I have... You got it. Three points. Number one, don't beat the donkey. Don't beat the donkey. Number two, who is like her? Yep. And number three, <laughs> for those who abide, God will provide. So let's begin with point number one. Don't beat the donkey. In this week's Parsha, Balak, the children of Israel are also in transition. They're not in Egypt anymore but they're not quite in the promised land. They're somewhere in between. They've been freed from the bondage of slavery. They've received the Torah, and now they're in the desert. And yes, it's hot. And yes, the menu is limited. I mean, there's only so many ways you can prepare manna. You've got manna souffle, whipped manna, Manna with the side of manna. And yes, there are people groups attacking them as they wander through, which brings us to this week's Parsha, Balak. Now, Balak was the king of Moab, and he hears about the exploits of this wandering group of Israelites, and out of fear, he hires a professional diviner, Balaam, or Balaam, to curse them. Now, in those days, each ethnic group had their own god with a small g who was supposed to be the god of that region. So Balaam was usually hired to go interact with these gods and try to manipulate them and to get what he wanted or to get what he was hired to do. The only problem with this scheme 
is that when Balaam tried to do this with the God of Israel, with a big G, Adonai, he didn't realize that the God of Israel isn't limited to a particular place, that he can't be manipulated, that he is Lord over heaven and earth, and that his will to bless Israel cannot be undermined. So first, Balaam has to kind of get an understanding of this, of the difference between the God of Israel and these so-called gods that he's used to dealing with. So in order to do that, God uses a donkey, Balaam's donkey, right? So he's going along, he's on his donkey, right? And the donkey, not Balaam, the donkey sees the angel of the Lord, Malach Adonai, in the middle of the road, and he's got his sword there. And so the donkey sees, sees this, you know, warrior, and he, he turns. And do you know what Balaam does? He beats that donkey. He's, he's clueless. He's just mad at the donkey. The donkey took him off the road, so he beats a donkey. <laughs> Hee-haw! Right? And then the donkey sees the Malach Adonai again. And so he avo- he's trying to avoid this sword, right? So he brushes Balaam up against the wall, and his foot hits the wall, and it injures his foot. And Balaam gets angry again. And so he beats the donkey again. Hee-haw! That's twice. And then the Malach Adonai totally blocks the donkey always. There's no place he can go. So you know what the donkey does? Just lies down. He just gives up, right? And Balaam's really mad now, right? This is the third time. So, so he beats the donkey again. Hee-haw. That's right. And then Hashem opens the mouth of the donkey. And do you know what this donkey says? He says, Aren't I a good donkey? Why are you beating me so? Haven't I been with you all this time, your faithful donkey? At this point, Balaam's eyes are opened, and he sees the Malach Adonai, the angel of the Lord, for himself, who also confronts Balaam. And he says, Why are you beating your donkey? This faithful donkey, he's the one who saved your life. If it wasn't for him, you would have been sliced by my sword. So Balaam humbles himself under the leading of the Lord and agrees to say only what God, the God of Israel, the Lord of heaven and earth, tells him to. And then, although he's hired to curse by King Balak, or Balak, Balaam blesses Israel three times. So what can we glean from this story that is relevant to trusting God through transition? Well, even though Israel was stuck in the desert, and even though they were surrounded by nations that wanted to curse them, God is still with them, still on their side. Israel is in between, vulnerable, not yet planted in the promised land, and yet God is still with them. He turns curses into blessing. He protects Israel from behind the scenes and is sovereign over all places, all people, and even all animals. God uses his angel. He uses a diviner for hire and even a donkey 
to accomplish his purpose. There is nothing that Hashem cannot do, and there is nothing that can thwart his purpose. The God of Israel will not be manipulated or frustrated in his plans. If he wants to bless the children of Israel during transition, then he will. If he wants to bless Tikvat Israel congregation during this transition, then he will. The God we serve is not a small God. He is not God over a particular region only, not over just Richmond or just Texas, but he's over every state, every nation. He can put the right people in the right place at the right time, and we should not oppose his plan, as the elder's wife did in Marcus's story, as Balaam did by beating the donkey. Beating the donkey is saying, we know better than Hashem, that we can see what he's doing when we really can't. We are blaming and lashing out those who are actually in God's sovereign plan. Turn to somebody and say, Mishpucha, don't beat the donkey. Tell somebody else, don't beat the donkey. Rather, (laughs) that's good, that's enough. (laughs) Rather, we should trust Hashem that if he's moving our rabbi to the next season of his calling in order to continue to work for the larger Messianic Jewish movement, then God is working behind the scenes to protect us, to provide for us, to shepherd us. If God is leading us in a different direction than what we expected, we should not oppose him, but we should trust him. And this brings us to the second point. Who is like her? My friend Drew works with and mentors many 20-somethings. He has developed and studied his theories and is currently in the process of writing a book called The 20s Beatdown about the challenging time many people face in their 20s about what to do with their life. Many young people struggle with identity, a feeling of helplessness, too many directions to choose from, and laziness. In short, it's often a time of transition. I recently read over an article that Drew is writing, and he gave me permission to share some of these ideas. Specifically, there's a theory called emerging adulthood, which seeks to take these transition years and celebrate them. One researcher calls for parents to just just give them a little bit more time, you know, as they stick around the house, playing video games and wondering what to do with their lives. Just, just let them stay there, you know. They'll be fine eventually. Drew's theory, based on research and his own experience, is that what young people need is not enabling and celebration, but agency. Now, what is agency? Agency is hard work. Doing the work of identifying goals, values, and vision empowers young people that drew mentors to take action during transition years, to get out of the rut of the 20s beatdown, and to realize their God-given purpose and calling. By the way, for more information on Drew's theory or his mentorship, you can go to 20sbeatdown.com with 20s spelled out. 
I highly recommend it. Just as young adults in transition need to be encouraged to take action, so too we need to encourage each other to take action during transitional times in our community. We don't want to overcommit ourselves, but because our senior leader is moving on, we need to pitch in as we are led by Hashem. What is Hashem calling you to do in this season? We need to hear from the Lord to say, Hineni, here I am, and to step up to leadership where we are called to and where we are gifted. Listening to Eric Lansing lead the canting for the first time last Shabbat, I don't know about you, but I felt a strong sense of, of gratitude and comfort within me. Here was a young man who said, Hineni, and you could literally see the, the joy and the pastoralness, right? It was coming out from him, fulfilling this role. You know, not to mention the natural gifting. I'm sorry, I'm cavelling a little bit, but, you know, hopefully I'm not embarrassing you. This was a young man who said, Hineni. Marilyn Cook, David Haller, and Jason Rudy, these three stepped up and said, Hineni. Here I am, send me. All of these men and women are like her. So what do I mean by her? Who is this her? Why do we need to be like her? Why do I keep saying her? Well, I'll tell you. During a battle against the Amalekites, Moses stood on top of a mountain overlooking the battlefield. And he tried to keep his staff raised in his hand. Below, Joshua was fighting the Amalekites. Do we have anyone? Bonnie, I think you have a staff. Can you, can you raise that up with both hands? Raise it up just like that. Perfect. All right, just keep it that way the rest of the message. You think you can do that? Okay. So whenever Moses got tired, oh, here's, here's a tip. And he lowered his hands... The Malachites won. Very sad. And whenever he raised his staff in his hands, the Israelites won. So Aaron and her. Can you be her? That's H-U-R. Her. Right? Kept the staff up. Right? So on either side so that we would win the battle. Let's have a hand for our, our volunteers. Very nice. Mishpucha. Turn to somebody and say, we need to be more like Aaron. We need to be more like her. We need to have agency. We need to support our leaders' arms when they're tired. We need to step up as we are led. At the most recent question and answer meeting, Rabbi Michael Rudolph came down from Maryland to spend some time with us and answer our questions. And I asked the question, what can we do and how can we pray as a congregation in transition? Now, I thought this was a great question, but Rabbi Michael said it was too general, too general a question to answer. And I asked my wife later, and she confirmed that the question was too general. By the mouth of two witnesses, it was confirmed. Okay. But nevertheless, Rabbi Michael did 
offer an answer, saying that one congregational leader alone cannot shepherd and disciple an entire congregation by himself. And neither, for that matter, can two elders. It takes many of what Rabbi Michael called under-shepherds. Are you an under-shepherd? Those called to leadership with pastoral hearts to keep the congregation going. During this transitional period, let's not be like the, the video game-obsessed emerging adults, but let's be like the young adults tackling the challenge of adulthood with agency and gumption and chutzpah. Let's contribute to the health of Tikvat Israel and pitch in as we are led. Let's be like her. And this brings us to the last point. For those who abide, God will provide. Yeshua, speaking to his Talmudim, his disciples, speaks these words as his last teaching before going to the execution stake. In John 15, 1, 11, we find this. And let's read it together and imagine that Yeshua is talking to us because we're his disciples also, right? So let's read it together. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who abide in me, and I in them, bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Let's do that last sentence again. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The disciples here were about to go through the biggest transition of their lives. Their rabbi, their beloved teacher and friend, was about to give up his life for them and all who would trust in him. He was leaving them. And this is the advice that Yeshua decides to give them. Abide in him. Remain in him. Remain in his teachings, his principles, his words. Remain in his love. If we want to bear fruit in this time of transition, we must keep Yeshua's commandments. Forgive. Love. Heal. Speak life. Are we his disciples? Are we his Talmidim? If so, this message is not just for Yohanan and Lucas and Matis Yahu. It's for us. God will provide for those who abide in the love of Yeshua. Let's bear one another's burdens. 
Let's resolve conflict biblically, according to Matthew 18. Let's encourage one another. Let's refrain from gossip and slander. Let's repent when we're wrong. Let's pray for one another, encourage one another, love one another. Yeshua says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. God will provide whatever we need if we abide in his love. Today we have talked about trusting God through transition. We have learned not to strike the donkey, that's right, and oppose God's will, but to trust him. And we have learned to be more like her, her and Aaron, lifting up the arms of our leaders and heeding the call to pitch in. And finally, we have learned that God will provide for those who abide, those who abide in his love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this season as we thank